your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy, Hickman, and guys, this football season, we already know it's different. But Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch football this season. Me personally, I'll be kicking back, drinking a Mountain Dew, watching, clicking through on Red Zone just to get ready and prepared for the next week because I love me some football and I love me some Mountain Dew. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through the day and become a member of the league's football watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. The last time we had an opportunity to talk with you guys, of course, we know that the Texans had a lost the NFL season opener against the Kansas City Chiefs, 34-20. Uh, there were some things that we saw that the Texans can build on for the better, and then there also were some things that we know heading into week two against the Baltimore Ravens, they have to fix somehow, some way, or it's going to be the same result. If you guys don't remember before the season kicked off, you know, Cody and I talked about the schedule breakdown, and I chose the Kansas City Chiefs to win game one, but I also picked the Texans to beat the Ravens in game two. It may have changed after I saw Lamar Jackson put on a passing clinic uh, yesterday, kick off the Ravens season. But however, the Texans are still in good faith. They're working on rebuilding uh, the chemistry that they need because of the new faces. And I'll tell you what, guys, please do not panic. The same thing you saw from the Houston Texans, a lot of teams went through it yesterday. A lot of teams went through the, the hype of the offseason, uh, figuring out, getting mesmerized by a lot of the unknowns that their team had, just like we did here in Houston. And then when the game was actually played, you realize, wow, a preseason is really needed. So Houston is not the only team that, felt a non-preseason. Everybody went through it, almost everybody. I mean, outside of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens, but uh, everybody went through it, and it's okay. We want to shout out the Jacksonville Jaguars for getting their win yesterday, uh, beating the Colts and the Tennessee Titans play tonight on Monday Night Football. That's going to be a fun one. So, Overall, your 0-1 Houston Texans have a lot to look forward to uh, for the next 15 games. And we do have some news and updates for you guys. We're going to talk about that. Also, Cody, you know, he believes there is one player that can really help knock down 166 rushing yards gave up by the Houston Texans last Thursday. So we're going to talk about how the defense can get better uh, defending the run. And also Duke Johnson, we're going to speak about his status um, you know, he was injured in Thursday night's game. We want to talk about him moving forward as well. We all know that Duke Johnson was unable to return to the game on Thursday night after suffering a foot injury. On Friday, it was announced that he had actually sustained an ankle sprain, and it's a it's a pretty severe ankle sprain, and he is going to be, well, he is listed as week-to-week. Week. Now, we all know that the Texans are relying heavily on the Duke and David Johnson one-two punch that they have coming out the backfield. But this ankle sprain that Duke Johnson has, it seemed like it's going to keep him out for at least 
possibly a week or two. With all that being said, it's going to be interesting to see what the Houston Texans are going to do. Are they just going to run with David Johnson on every single play? You have to find somebody to be your third down back. So that puts them in a situation where you might have to depend on Buddy Howell or Scotty Phillips to come in and help take some of that load off of David Johnson. Me personally, I would actually hope that this is an opportunity that we will see Scotty Phillips. Over the past couple of days, he has been on the practice squad, on the active squad, on the active squad, on the practice squad. Every single day, it seems like he's been bouncing around from from squad to squad. But if Duke Johnson is unable to go this week, and that's something that we're going to keep our eyes on, I'm pretty sure that Bill O'Brien and the coaching staff, they're going to move Scotty Phillips up to the active roster. That's going to put this team in a predicament. But at the same time, I'm hoping that this will be an opportunity that they can actually use Scotty Phillips. As you guys know, I've been real high on Scotty's. John, you have been real high on Scotty. And the coaching staff themselves has been really high on this guy as well. Throughout the training camp, Bill O'Brien has really raved about Scotty, how he's a guy that don't really fumble the ball. He's very explosive coming out of the backfield. So I'm hoping that this is kind of a blessing in the sky because I really believe that Scotty Filler has a future in this league. Now, I don't think he's going to come out and all of a sudden be Clyde Edwards Hilaire or anything like that. But I do believe that the Houston Texans do have a future with Scotty Phillips and hopefully we would get that opportunity on Sunday to see what he can bring and what will be his debut with the Houston Texans. So it sucks. Hopefully Duke Johnson can get healthy and return to, hopefully he will be back by week three when we go up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. As of right now, his status for Sunday's game is still up in the air. It's questionable. They're going to test that ankle out and see how it goes throughout the week. But John, you know me, if he has to sit out a game, and and just that just him missing that one game can keep him healthy moving forward i'm all for it because we have a young stud by the name of scotty phillips i know whenever he get the opportunity this guy's going to put on the show well here's what i like to say about the running game and the possibility of missing out on duke johnson due to that uh injury you know we have a lot of fast guys on this roster and as i watched the Rams played football yesterday. They did a very great job of using the play action to get their receivers involved, whether it's in the passing game, really quick getting the ball out, or uh, getting some reverses or getting the, the balls, uh, getting the ball in the receiver's hand, maybe on a couple of, you know, turnarounds. So I think the Houston Texans could take a look at using their receivers to help the run game, right? We don't always have to put all of the, you know, the weight of the shoulders on a David Johnson. I mean, we still want David Johnson to get his carries, and I would actually like for him to get more carries than what he did against Kansas City. But like I mentioned, we have a lot of these fast guys, and we can get some of these guys in winning opportunities uh, if they hit these edges, whether it's on a wraparound, a handoff, whether it's on a really quick screen pass, you know, trusting your offensive lineman to – pop out of there really quick and create room for your receiver upfield when the time is necessary. So I like to see the receivers more involved uh, in the total offense than what we saw last Thursday. You know, I hate to bring this up. I really do. But I think when we look at what Will Fuller did Thursday with eight catches, uh, 112 yards, we really applaud him, right? 
kudos to him. But the Texans receiver unit as a whole had 13 catches. When we look at what, and again, I hate to bring this up, what DeAndre Hopkins was able to do Sunday with 14 catches, you know, the whole thought of bringing these receivers in for this type of offense was to get everybody involved. And I think going against a Lamar Jackson-led Baltimore Ravens team where they are so good with stopping the run, you have to get everybody involved. And I think that, you know, some new direction plays will do wonders for Houston. They have the 4-3 guys, the 4-2 guys. They have the speedy receivers. They also have a Kiki QT who can be used as a utility guy. You know, it can be everywhere on that field. So allow your receivers to get into some space and win more on one-on-one matchups by creating those one-on-one matchups if the run game isn't working in a traditional sense. And, 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 I, and I think that would be good for Houston's offense. That way you can get the ball in some of these playmakers' hands, allow them to get a flow and rhythm. And then from there, there's no telling what they can do for their, for their game on Sunday. So uh, overall, I, I really hope the Houston Texans put every receiver – uh, running back in a position to win. Uh, yes, we like Scotty Phillips. Uh, we know Buddy Howell is in front of him on the depth chart. So we have to look at who Houston trusts more right now as a second backup. We saw Buddy Howell get some playing time last year. We did not see Scotty Phillips play last year, uh, not not least for the Houston Texans. So overall, let's, t- let's take a look at who they trust because they will be going up against an offensive juggernaut, a defensive juggernaut, so they want to trust whoever they put on that field. But ultimately, Tim Kelly, your hands is going to be full regardless if you had Duke Johnson or not. Uh, going up against his defense who has Calais Campbell, who had an amazing day yesterday. So allow yourself to game plan and really put all of you guys in positions to win one-on-one matchups. Of course, we want the Houston Texans to win on their one-on-one matchups, but one-on-one between me and you, we want you to win when it comes to ordering food really quick, very fast, right by your phone. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, the kids want pizza, and your husband is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely, of course. There's also thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage. Now more than ever, support your favorite restaurant on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Trust me, I do it at work all the time. I just open my DoorDash app, choose what I want. My food and your food will be left safely outside of your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and $0 delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter Locked On. Cody, did you feel like the Jacksonville Jaguars may end up being the AFC South champions after yesterday, or was it just a fluke game? Hell no, that was just a fluke game. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, that means they they made it hard on the Indianapolis Colts to win that game. But I want to talk to you about making it hard and talking about erectile dysfunction and how it isn't easy. Usually we brush it off and blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. 
or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you for free with two-day shipping. Go to roman.com slash locked on NFL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash locked on NFL. Get Roman slash locked on NFL. After the Houston Texans lost their season opener to the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday, everyone knows there is a lot that the Texans need to improve to avoid going down 0-2 to the Baltimore Ravens this Sunday. There's a lot to talk about. We could talk about the receiving core. We could talk about the secondary. But most importantly, the Texans, in my opinion, need to focus more than ever on how to stop the run. And I know that the Baltimore Ravens, that is going to be their main point of attack when they square off against the Texans inside their home opener inside NRG Stadium on Sunday. And with that being said, you know, the Texans run defense did not get all to a good start. They gave up 166 rushing yards on Thursday. 135 came from the rookie Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and it just didn't look good. But I went back, I watched that game, and I actually took some notes and to, to see what the Houston Texans can do to improve their run defense. I'm under the impression that the Houston Texans should look at starting P.J. Hall at nose tackle. And I say that because every time Hall got into the game, the Houston Texans gave up little to no yards every time he was out there on the football field. And I actually took time to see how much the Texans gave up when Hall was out there on the field. Every time that he was in there, especially at nose tackle, the Texans only gave up a total of 50 yards. Breaking that down even further, 20 of those 50 yards came on reception yards. The most yardage the Texans gave up while P.J. Hall was out on the field came during Edwards Herlayer's 24-yard touchdown run. That hole that Clyde was able to run through to make that touchdown, that did not come from P.J. Hall. That came from Carlos Watkins, and that's where the Houston Texans made their biggest mistake. Look, there is nothing wrong with Carlos Watkins, but I counted too many times Carlos Watkins was getting thrown around like a rag dog. And I'm not trying to be funny. He was getting thrown around left and right. Every time they knocked him out the way, the biggest holes was open. And that's one of the main reasons why the Kansas City Chiefs had such a field day on the Houston Texans. I think they need to push Carlos Watkins a little bit further down, let P.J. Hall take the reins as the Texans' number one primary nose tackle because every single time Hall was out there on the field, the Chiefs got little to none because he's a big guy. He's six foot, 300 and something pounds. I know he came into training camp late, and Bill O'Brien talked about the, that the team wanted him to be a little bit more in shape. And I think that's part of the reason why we did not see that much of Hall, but we saw enough. I saw enough of P.J. Hall on Thursday to let me know that the Texans are better defensively. That front seven is better defensively with him on the field than without. 
once again, nothing against Carlos Watkins, but we cannot have a guy in Watkins who is getting thrown around like a rag doll, getting pushed out the way when you're trying to win a football game. And ladies and gentlemen, there was one play, and I'm not talking about the last play that everybody saw when Edwards Hilaire came up the middle and P.J. Hall just laid him out. It was early in the second half. I don't know officially who was on the front seven, but I believe the front seven, and, and I hope I'm not wrong, but I know for sure Ross Blacklock was out there with Hall and J.J. Watt. That lineup that they had for that particular moment was one of the best defensive plays I've seen from that defensive front seven because they did not give up a yardage. It was basically one, two, they would have been now, but then they changed things up, and then the then the Chiefs was able to get the first down. But me personally, that is something that the Texans should look into going into a game with the Baltimore Ravens because, once again, the Ravens possibly run the ball more than anybody in the league. Not only do they have one of the top running backs in Mark Ingram and arguably the best dual threat quarterback in Lamar Jackson. And I know that's going to be the Ravens' number one game plan is to run the ball down the field. And the Texans, hey, Bill O'Brien, listen to me very, very, very carefully. There's a guy in Houston who used to coach here. He never wanted to make he never wanted to make any kind of adjustments. And that's the reason why he's not here now. I need Bill O'Brien, Anthony Weaver, and the rest of those guys to make some adjustments and put PJ Hall out there on the field a lot more. Because I guarantee you, if they do, that is going to mess up the Ravens game plan, at least their running game plan. Well, let me say this. First and foremost, Angelo Blackson had a sack yesterday for Arizona, so shout out him. Shout out to him, the former Houston Texan. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins had a very great day. But to focus on the Houston Texans and specifically PJ Hall, everything you said was right. You know, Angelo Blackson uh, did a very good job while he was here, played 40% of the defensive snaps. He did a very good job playing that inside technique and actually just being uh, used across the defensive line period. But when you look at the fact that, you know, DJ Reed is gone, now Angelo Blackson, and throwing in Carlos Watkins, who had missed a lot of time in the last two and a half years, um, I, I don't think he's a fit for the inside technique. I think P.J. Hall, because of his frame, because of his big body, uh, also because of his, he has a higher ceiling than Watkins, uh, and the fact that, you know, one thing that you missed, but P.J. Hall and his big body makes it easier for linebackers to flow throughout their gaps. And if the linebackers like Zach Cunningham, who we know is a tackle machine, or Bernardic McKinney, uh, if, if they're able to flow easier, then the defense would be a whole lot better. And you mentioned all that big run Clyde Hilaire, uh, Edwards Hilaire had. I really love seeing his name, but... Angelo Blackson, not Angelo Blackson, I'm sorry, but Carlos Watkins was completely moved out of the way. On the opposite side, P.J. Hall gives opposing uh, guards and centers problem because uh, he plays that inside technique the right way. And by that is, it's nothing selfish. It's just playing it in order to let the outside defensive linemen, the defensive linebackers, you know, allowing the rest of your defense to really flow throughout their schemes. And then you can go ahead and clean up on those plays like when uh, J.J. Watt was spun off of, but P.J. Hall was able to meet the running back right there. So I think going into game two, when you analyze who the Texans are playing, they are playing Lamar Jackson. 
led Baltimore Ravens with J.K. Dobbins, who had two touchdowns on Sunday, and Mark Ingram, and Lamar Jackson, who also only ran for, I think, 45 yards, maybe. You know, one thing about Baltimore is, judging off last year only, but there's games where they can be they can beat you very one-dimensional. There's games where they can beat you in so many different ways where it, it makes your head spin. But as for Houston, you know, adjustments are key. Adjustments are key. And I think going into next week's game, we will see more Hall in the lineup. Uh, he may potentially start. They did want him to get more in shape. Uh, he, he got in some shape during training camp. We talked about that. But the game day shape, he got that on Thursday. He'll continue to get in more shape throughout the season. So will the rest of the Texans team, period. Uh, but I 100% agree with you. P.J. Hall is the right inside technique right now for Houston. That was the main reason why y'all brought him in in the first place. You knew that. You knew Ross Blacklock wasn't necessarily going to be ready, right? I mean, he struggled a little bit on Thursday. You knew that this was a veteran year out of the mouths of several coaches in this organization. And ultimately, you knew that you lost D.J. Reader, a big body man up front who can control those inside gaps, make it difficult for the center and guard combos and allow the linebackers to flow. I guarantee you if these linebackers holes were easy enough to flow consistently throughout the game, then that'll do wonders for the entire defense because now all three levels, the first two levels are doing their job. Now all you have to bank on is the last level to do, to do their job. And I think a Bradley Roby led secondary is going to do a very good job against um, Baltimore. Bradley Roby really matched up really well with Tyreek Hill outside of that one touchdown that he gave up. The play before that was an interception and I rewatched that play that they called back on uh, Bradley Roby on the Menardic McKinney interception and I really disagree with it. However, um, he did a very good job on Tyreek Hill who is the fastest receiver in the league. I think he'll match up well against Hollywood Brown. We'll talk about this later on in the week of course and how the Texans match up against Baltimore. But the other secondary players that will come along. Uh, ultimately, you're right. P.J. Hall does so much for this defense, at least going off of what we saw against Kansas City. He can set the tone inside, and he's also a guy that can go in between one and three on that defense and allow, if you want to move J.J. in or move J.J. out, he can still be on that defensive line with J.J. at the same time because he can play the interior, you know, straight up and down nose, a zero gap. He can play one. He can shade off in that one. He can shade off in the three as well uh, if you choose to set up and scheme your defense that way. So, um, yeah, I, I want to see more P.J. I think we all want to see more P.J. and less of Carlos Hawkins. You might disagree with me a little bit, but I think part of the reason why the Ravens did not have that much of an explosive running game on yesterday, one, they had a field day throwing the ball, but two, and most importantly, I think it's because they know on the other side of that line of scrimmage, there's a guy by the name of Miles Garrett, and Garrett is in a problem in his career. And just having him out on the field really makes it just a little bit tougher for teams to run circles around you but with all that being said I mean hell yes we do have J.J. Watt and a prom J.J. Watt is a hell of a lot better than Miles Gary but not at this stage in J.J. Watt's career but I also want to talk about I do believe hopefully this week the Texans will do better at tackling I mean there were a lot of missed tackles across the league 
this week. And that's something that a lot of players and, and, and a lot of coaches was talking about. They was worried about, you know, just being thrown out there in the line of fire. There was a lot of missed tackles across the league this week. Um, so, you know, that's something I want else I just wanted to touch on. But, you know, that's nothing major B because we all know that. But I really want to make sure I touch on the P.J. Hall situation because if you put P.J. Hall in that front seven, he's going to make a hell of a lot difference for this Texans defense. I told you guys about Bill Bar, how great Bill Bar is, but also left out some very important details that you need to know. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy, conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets, right? You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. And here's another thing Bill Bar is doing for their customers right now. You get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last, which is only for a few weeks or so. So, so go ahead and hop on that right now. Go to billboard.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on to get $10 off your next order. We're going to do this little segment a little bit different because it's week one. We're going to just touch on some things that happened across the NFL landscape over this past weekend, over yesterday, as a matter of fact. And, John, I just don't understand, man. Why in the hell are the Cleveland Browns this damn terrible? I don't understand. Because remember when they got Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield was coming off a really good rookie season. You already had Jarvis Landry, who was, at the time, I thought was turning into one of the best receivers in this league. You got Miles Garrett on the defensive side of the ball. Why are the Cleveland Browns this bad? I understand it was playing against the Ravens, John. But you telling me that you could only put up six points with that talent? The Cleveland Browns are exactly who we thought they were. <laughs> they are. Um, I don't want to talk about Cleveland. You know, Cleveland is bad. Cleveland may get better throughout the year. Uh, again, everybody is suffering from the fact that no offseason. They played up against Lamar Jackson-led Baltimore Ravens, who, you know, only person that I can think of that really left them was Earl Thomas, and that may have been for the better, honestly. They got better with adding J.K. JK Dobbins. But um, I hate to do it, Chicago. I hate to do it. No, I don't. I love to do it. If we're going to take a trip around the league, let's take a trip back to 2017 with the Chicago Bears drafted Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, two quarterbacks who – just got contract extensions worth a lot of money. And yet this guy is still having the same issues from his rookie year. Well, Mitchell didn't look bad. He had three touchdowns. Mitchell looked bad. <laughs> Mitchell looked bad. Mitchell, Mitch, Mitch. I was pulling for Mitch when he first got drafted. I thought Mitch was going to be one of those guys that I can really just like as a person. But he's not that good. Three touchdowns is very 
on paper, if you look at three touchdowns, you may think to yourself, uh, well, that's pretty good. Uh, and he had a very good fourth quarter, came back to beat the Lions. But, um, yeah, they're going to struggle this year. Chicago is going to struggle this year. Take a trip around the AFC South. Um, Phillip Rivers is still Phillip Rivers. What we saw last year, Gardner Mishu, uh may actually be the right quarterback for Jacksonville. He the goat, bro. You already gonna go with Gardner Mishu as a goat? <laughs> you That's know me. As soon as I like somebody, they automatically the goat. The greatest of all time. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's just the mustache you like. Maybe um, I don't know, but um, you know, shout out to our boy Cam Newton who had a pretty good debut with the New England Patriots. Um, I. I I'm I'm just happy to see Cam Newton back, man. You know, the last couple of years was very was very rough to see him, but you know, the fact that he went out there led the Patriots to their first win and win in their first game without Tom Brady. Um yeah. he went fifteen. Who lost to 19. yesterday? Tom Brady lost his opener. Yeah, I know. A loss to the Who Led Nation. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Going back to Cam Newton, had a really good debut. Um, went 15 for 19 for 155 yards, even ran, even rushed for a touchdown. You know, he looked really, really good. As you mentioned, my New Orleans Saints, because that's my hometown, beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, I mean, hey, John, like I, like I keep saying, this whole week, except for the Cleveland Browns, this whole entire week proved my theory. The teams who returned the same exact team like the Kansas City Chiefs, New Orleans, Seattle, Baltimore, those guys came out and in, in won their very first game. They came out, took care of business. The team like the Houston Texans, who made major changes to their team, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they came out and lost. And I really hope at the end of this season, we will stop hearing players complain about the preseason. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe four games might be a little bit too much, but this is a proven fact of how important preseason is. Because I guarantee you, if there was a preseason, some of these teams who ended up losing on yesterday, it might have would have came out victorious on if they, if this was a normal season. But overall, it's just very fun to see that the game is football is back, especially given everything that we've been through. I must admit, the NFL is doing a really good job for the teams who are not allowing fans into the stadium, like the Superdome in New Orleans. They're doing a very good job playing the crowd noises because there was multiple times I had to catch myself like, wait, they really don't have, you know, a, a crowd there, but it, it's really sound like a real crowd was there. But, you know, hopefully towards midway, towards the end of this season, we will be able to start having crowds in the stadium. But with all that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans, your favorite podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. John? I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Thank you for checking out the show today. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
your team every day.